0: So we're gonna start filming earlier today, which would have been a good idea because it's a really beautiful day out. As you can see, it's a little cold, uh, but it would have made sense to do it earlier. The problem was it was kind of cold. And to be totally honest, we got to talk in and, uh, and so we were a little late. And then the problem that we had is that like, we started to try to film in a couple different places and, uh, and the lighting just wasn't good. And so we realized the only way to make the lighting work was for me to stand directly in the sunlight. Problem though, I don't know if you ever tried to stare directly into the sunlight. Um, It doesn't work, so uh, that's why I got the shades on today. But I thought I'd make up for that by wearing a tie. Does that balance out? I feel like it's fair. So thanks, thanks for your graciousness. I heard you even from here. Um, I'd like to start today with a question. And uh, the question I'd like to ask you is, uh, how's your year going? 2020 been been going great for you? Anybody just out there, you can raise your hand if you're just having an awesome year and you feel like you're killing it. That's about what I thought. I mean, I I see no hands raised right now. Not even the squirrels. They're not raising their hands. 2020 has been a rough year, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, we just take a step back and look at it um, objectively. I mean, between uh, the pandemic really kicking off, at least in our region in March, and and just with quarantine and shutdowns and schools and all the uncertainty that's come around that, um, and then with all the civil unrest and the racial injustice over the summer, and then an election year that was pretty like vitriolic campaigns and like man so far pretty rough and then you know you look particularly at our region and we never really had a first wave of covid in our region just kind of gradually increase and increase and to be totally honest right now if you've checked the numbers it's not great and, and i think most of us at least know somebody or lots of somebodies who have had covid or who've been affected even folks who've been hospitalized or died as a result of it and it's rough and so i think maybe at the outset we just need to give ourselves permission to say like 2020 it's a rough year there's an author that i really like his name is john acuff he uh he put it like this he said it's really unfair for us to give like college football coaches a rebuilding year and uh, and we don't do that for ourselves he says so you know what 2020 it's our rebuilding year we're just gonna go ahead and call it this is a rebuilding year it's okay if you lose some games we just got to get our recruits uh, in spot and like get the program just on the track that we want it. And, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to call this a rebuilding year. And, I, and I'm going to go ahead and make an executive decision. I know it's not really my purview to do this, but uh, I'm a pastor. And so y'all pretty much, try, I'm wearing a tie. So you got to believe what I say, right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to call it a new year. Like I'm declaring today, this is the first Sunday of Advent is what we're filming this for. And, and you know what? This is, it's a new year. I'm going to just declare it. Happy New Year, everybody, it's wonderful. Uh, I'm not waiting for 2021, I'm declaring it now, today. Um, and I actually think, hang with me, I have some, uh, some grounds to do this on. So there's this thing called the liturgical calendar. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe that just sounds like a really fancy kind of churchy term, but but the liturgical calendar is just this, this Christian calendar, the cycle of the Christian year. Whether you've heard of that term or not, you're at least familiar with it. Uh, you're familiar with the term advent, Uh, We'll talk a lot more about Advent here in a minute. Of course, Advent that then leads into the Christmas season. Christmas is 12 days. Uh, Christmas season then goes into Epiphany. And then there's a season after Epiphany and before Lent, before Ash Wednesday. And what that's called is called Ordinary Time because we couldn't come up with a better name for it. And so it's called Ordinary Time. And then you have Lent, which starts on Ash Wednesday, about six weeks, goes to Good Friday and then Easter. And then there's actually seven weeks of Easter, which then immediately followed by Pentecost. And then you go into another, you know, several, multiple, multiple weeks of, again, ordinary time. Uh, So that's the liturgical calendar is what that's called. And it starts, interestingly, with this season of Advent. Uh, I think that's important for us to think about um, and to think about the calendar. Because uh, some pushback that we get, especially in our area, I mean, if people are familiar with it, at all uh, some people push back and say yeah, yeah well, where's the biblical basis for it well it's it's really this idea that um the church and the people of god have always had these different rhythms and cycles to kind of guide how we spend our time and then, of course, the Jewish people had different festivals and seasons that they appointed uh, special times where they would focus particularly on different aspects of their life with God. And so for us as followers of Jesus, that's really what the church and wisdom chose to do is to arrange our calendar in a process of spiritual formation that we would arrange our lives around this this method of organizing our calendar and our year that would help to shape us and develop us and mold us as disciples of jesus that's where the liturgical calendar comes from and i think that's an important tool for us when we think about i love the way that bob goff another author that i appreciate he said it like this he said the battle for our heart the battle for our hearts is fought on the pages of our calendar The battle for our hearts is fought on the pages of our calendar, and how we spend our time will determine the state of our hearts in so many different ways. And so as we start this today, um, here we are, uh, first Sunday of Advent. So I'd like to talk a little bit about Advent, what it means, where it comes from, why we celebrate it, why it's even worth celebrating, Uh, because what we're going to do over the next four weeks is just really try to sit in this season of Advent. And try to not just rush on to Christmas, but try to just really wait in Advent and see um, what God has for us in this particular time. Because I think it's very useful for us. I think it's a very good uh, shaping and formational tool. And I think you'll see why Advent as a practice, as a spiritual discipline, really became popular uh, in the 6th century. It comes from the Latin word adventus, which just means coming. And so, at a very basic level, uh, Advent is placed before Christmas because it's anticipating the coming of the Messiah, anticipating the coming of Jesus in the world, anticipating the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, but it also has then had multiple other meanings because it's not just one coming. Advent is really a season about God coming in the past in the person of Jesus, but also Jesus returning and coming again in the future. Uh, refer to it as like the second coming of Jesus or the, the return of Christ. Uh, we also would talk about it in the sense of Jesus coming to us in our present. And so it's really these three ideas, right? Jesus coming in the past and in the present and in the future, his advent in the past, his advent in the present, and his advent in the future. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks is talk about Jesus' advent, his advent in the past, his advent in the present, and his advent in in the future. But this week, I just want to talk about Advent in general, and, uh, and kind of why it's important to us. Because I think about it, and if Advent is about a coming, about Jesus' presence being with us, um, then that kind of means that he's not really like here, right? It kind of means that, that I have to wait for him to show up, doesn't it? I mean, if it's about his, his coming into this situation or whatever it is, his coming into the past or in the present, uh, in the future, that means that right now he's not here. And that means that I have to wait. Dietrich Bonhoeffer explained it like this. He said the Advent season is a season of waiting. And I think, uh, I think kids really get this. Uh, you've heard of Advent calendars before. Of course you have uh, it's just like you know the cardboard calendar that typically is it's got like some kind of piece of chocolate in there This really often not very good chocolate but it's you know 25 little squares that are like perforated cardboard and you just kind of pull out the square and then you pull out the little piece of chocolate And it's just it really serves as a countdown to Christmas um, because of course who doesn't love Christmas Christmas with all the wonderful things that it brings I mean Santa and presents and food and celebrations and presents and, uh, and stuff for me and presents. And that's really what, as a kid, like you love, you just, that, that anticipation of, of the Christmas morning is such an exciting thing. And so naturally we have to find some way to kind of build up to it. And of course the problem is that uh, I think we have so often reduced Advent to just being a countdown to Christmas. And of course, in a way, that is what it is, right? It's a season of waiting, but so often in seasons of waiting, uh, we miss what's happening right now because we can't wait for what's happening in the future. And when we have that posture, we're really, it's really easy to miss all the wonderful things that are happening in the moment because you're so worried and so concerned about what's happening up there that you miss what's happening right here. And so as we talk about Advent, I think it's, uh, it's interesting for us to consider that of all the places that the Christian year could start, It doesn't start with like a big celebration like New Year's Day. You know where it starts? It starts with the first Sunday of Advent. It starts with a season of waiting. I mean, isn't that interesting that the Christian year starts with a season of waiting? I mean, why do you think that is? Well, again, remember, this is an idea that we'll talk about, but God's primary concern for us is developing us as people in the image of his son, developing us in Christ likeness. Paul put it like this in Romans 8. He said, if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. See, waiting is something that if you're gonna do it right, you have to do it with patience. And what it builds in us, it builds hope. It builds faith. It builds anticipation. It forms our character. And of course, if it's building patience as well, patience is foremost a fruit of love in our lives. Paul put it like this in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, love is patient. It forms in us faith, hope, and love uh, but can i be honest with you i i don't like waiting and uh i have never met someone who really loves waiting because waiting necessarily implies i mean that there's something that i want there's something that's coming my way there's something that i'm really looking forward to but i don't have it and so i just have to sit and wait and no one likes that i mean so i was actually preparing this and, and studying for this uh this week I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for my car to get fixed. I, a couple weeks ago, I wasn't paying attention, and I, I backed into something, and I busted my taillight. Pretty fortunately, it, that's all it was. It's just a taillight, a pretty easy fix. Uh, but I had to take it in the shop and had to get it fixed. And so I was, I was waiting in the waiting room, uh, which we have rooms dedicated to waiting. <laughs> that's how much we do it in our lives. And as I was waiting there, I was just thinking, man, I don't... I don't really like this. And so I try to fill and occupy my waiting with other things that I can do. So I'm at least using my time efficiently. So I was like preparing this message. Uh, But of course, when I went and dropped off the car, there's a couple things that I needed to know to make my waiting effective. You know what they were? The first one is that I needed to know what I was waiting for. So I wanted to make sure they knew what they were doing. I want to make sure that they knew that it was just the taillight. You don't need to do that 85-point inspection that's complimentary. I appreciate it. You just did that a few weeks ago when I got my oil changed. I really don't need to do that. Just fix the taillight. Um, also, don't change the oil. Don't rotate the tires. Just fix the taillight. Like, that's all I need. So we have to be clear on what we are waiting for. And the second thing that we have to be very clear about is a question that all of us ask anytime time we're... we're faced with the prospect of waiting it was the very first question i asked them once they told me like we got everything settled up this is what it's going to be i said okay how long is it going to take that's what we all want to know isn't it how long how long is it going to take how long am i going to have to wait i need to plan what i'm going to do how long uh, of course you know they gave me the estimate it wasn't very long it, easy done in and out Whew, brand new taillight, feel like a million bucks and i can see at the back too that's a big plus Uh, Those are the two questions though. We need to be clear about what we're waiting for and we need to understand how long we are going to be waiting as well. And so we'll start with this first question. What are we waiting for? Uh, In this season of Advent, as I mentioned, we're waiting for, I mean, the coming of Jesus. Very simply, uh, it's framed, I think, by a very simple expression that we often say when we celebrate communion together. Uh, It goes a little something like this. And I know that some of you are familiar with it. As Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We're waiting for Jesus coming, his his presence in our past. In, I mean, his great like entrance in the world, Jesus, the Messiah, um, entering in to restore the people of Israel and then to extend his covenant from Israel to all the world. Uh, his coming in the past and then also in the present, right? It's Jesus coming to us right now, into our situation, into our lives, in the person, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So this is past Christ has died his life and his death and then Christ is risen his resurrection his ascension that Jesus is right now seated at the right hand of the father reigning with him uh, that that Jesus is alive right now and then also Christ will come again there's this future component uh, where where Jesus will return to restore all things to make all things new to bring heaven and earth together uh, in his person and on this earth to restore and redeem it and what we'll talk about is in this coming weeks is all three of those components separately. Um, that's what we're waiting for. Now, the second one I think is a little bit harder, and that's really what we're going to focus on today, is, uh, is how long. Um, how long? That's really the kicker, isn't it? That's the question that, uh, that really, really gets us. Uh, if you've ever been around kids on a road trip or inpatient adults on a road trip, then you know what this is like, too uh you know i'll be driving with my kids and it doesn't really matter how far the trip is i mean we could be driving to florida we could be driving to dollywood we could be driving to johnson city if it's more than about 10 minutes they're going to ask the question hey dad uh we there yet hey uh, how much longer is it going to be till we get there and i can tell lily i mean she's six i can tell her like hey it's going to be five more hours it's going to be um two hours. It's going to be 15 more minutes. And honestly, that is all the same amount of time to her because it's not right now, you know? And and as true as that is for kids, I think that's also true for us as adults, right? Is it like, I want to know how long it is. I mean, what's the difference between one year, two years, six months? It's all not right now. I want it now. I want to experience it now. I want the thing that I'm waiting for to be done now because we don't like waiting because waiting implies uncertainty. Waiting means that the thing that I want, I do not have. I want it now. And so we ask, are we there yet? How long? How long must the season go on? And I think for a lot of us, maybe in this season of COVID and just 2020 in general, that's a question that a lot of us have asked, right? At some point. How much longer? I mean, how much longer till there's a vaccine? How much longer till there's gonna be no more spread? How much longer there's gonna be no more restrictions? How much longer till I can go to a football game with a hundred thousand people again? How much longer till we can come to our to our facility, our church building and worship together in the sanctuary? How much longer till I can walk into the grocery store without a mask? I mean, how long? How long? And we wonder, we ask these questions and and for all of us, those are just kind of the things that all of us are experiencing. But let's be honest, all of us also have things that we're asking individually that are unique to our situations and our families and our lives. How much longer is that person going to be Just how much longer is that relationship going to be broken? How much longer is that person going to keep acting a fool? I mean, how much longer am I going to have to wait in this job that I don't really like? How much longer till I get the promotion? How much longer till school can go back to normal? I mean, we we all have these questions. How much longer till I get to uh, interact again the way that I want to with people? I mean, we all have these questions in our lives. And it's not just in the season of COVID, right? It's all the time. We have these how long, oh Lord, questions. Um... I think one of the things that I find very interesting is that when you look at the scriptures, particularly the Psalms, you realize there's a very consistent and common theme that comes up. And so the people of God, we, uh, we kind of ask this question a lot. Like, how long? I'll just give you a few examples. This is from Psalm 63. It says, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Or uh, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Or maybe Psalm 79, how long, Lord, will you be angry forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Or Psalm 94, how long, Lord, will the wicked, how long will they be jubilant? Or trust us, Psalm 35, how long, Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from these people, these their ravages, my precious life from these lions. What about Psalm 90, relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on us. Psalm 89, Uh, how long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn against us? Or how long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? How long must your servant wait? When will you punish my persecutors? Or let's move over to Jeremiah, shall we? How long, Lord, will the land lie parched and the grass in every field be withered? How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood from where they have wronged us? Or how about even with Jesus? This is the Jews who believed in him, they were gathered around him. They were saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, just tell us plainly. How long? We want to know. Because whatever we're going through right now, I mean, whether it's COVID or whether it's like a big existential problem that you're facing, or honestly, whether it's just even small uh, existential problems or just small daily inconveniences, we want to know how long. And so, especially when it's one of those things that it seems like only God can fix, we want to ask him the question. We say, God, how long? How long do we have to keep waiting? How long is this going to keep going on? How long are those people going to keep being ridiculous? How long are those people going to keep acting in injustice? How long um, are we going to keep having to suffer? How long is the season going to go on? And we ask the question, how long, how long, how long? We want to know. But sometimes we don't get to know. Because if you knew the answer, then it would, make, um, it would not require us to be patient. Isn't that interesting? See, patience means that I don't know how long I have to wait. If I knew how long I had to wait, then I wouldn't really have to be patient, would I? Because I could just sit and do something else. But see, patience requires that I don't actually know how long I have to wait. And what, remember, what Jesus wants to do in you is to form you in the character of love, to reform you in his, in his presence and to, to shape you in the image of himself right through the work of the Holy Spirit in you and that means that you're going to have to wait and you're not going to know the answers to those questions and what I want you to hear is that maybe if you find yourself in one of those seasons where you're just asking how long how long how long you're not alone all throughout history this is what the people of God ask because we want to know because we trust him because we believe that he can deliver us because we know that his power he's powerful and that he can put an end to it and so we just want to ask God how long What I want you to hear as well is that for every how long that we have of God, he's got some for us in return. In Psalm 4, he puts it like this. He says, How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love your delusions and seek your false gods? Or in Exodus, how long will you refuse to humble yourselves before me? Or Jeremiah, Jerusalem, wash the evil from your heart and be saved. How long will you harbor these wicked thoughts? I have seen your detestable acts on the hills and in the fields. Woe to you, Jerusalem! How long will you continue to be unclean? Or how long will you wander, my unfaithful daughter, Israel? Or even this one time with Jesus, I find this moment fascinating. Jesus up on the Mountain of Transfiguration, you might be familiar with the story. He takes Peter, James, and John up a mountain. He's transfigured before them. They see Jesus in all of his glory. His clothes are transformed before them, dazzlingly white, whiter than anything could bleach it, the scriptures say. And Peter, James, and John are just dumbfounded. And Peter, you know, doesn't even know what to say and apparently didn't think of saying nothing. And so he said, Lord, can we build you a tent? That was not option A. And so eventually Jesus, they see this incredibly glorious moment. and uh, And then Jesus is just, they look up and they just see him again as he was moments before. And they go down the mountain. And as they get to the bottom of the mountain, uh, Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they run into the rest of the disciples who are, uh, while Jesus was being transfigured and they were seeing him in all his glory, his disciples were down there at the base of the mountain arguing with a dad who wanted his son to be set free from a demon and arguing with the Pharisees who were figuring out uh, how come Jesus's disciples couldn't do the thing that his dad asked him to do, and probably arguing about something that really wasn't that important at all. So meanwhile, Jesus's glory is being revealed, and his disciples are too busy having an argument to even notice what's happening. And Jesus responds like this. He says, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with, with you? How long shall I put up with you? And then he turns to the father, and he says, bring the boy to me. How long has he been like this? And weren't you going to do anything before now? How long? And so remember, like for every time that we have those questions for God, he's also got those questions for us. And that sometimes it might seem to us like God is slow. And sometimes it might like seem like he's not really interested in answering our questions or solving our problems. Uh, but just remember, like he's patient with you. <laughs> He's patient with us that he's slow sometimes in acting because remember his primary concern isn't to alleviate our comfort. It's to form us and reform our character. I love the way that Peter put this Peter who evidently learned a thing or two from Jesus. It's crazy, right? Peter said like this in one of his letters. He said, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is patient with you. And so the invitation is in those seasons of waiting. The invitation is for us to be patient with God. He wants good for you. Paul put it in Romans that we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together for good. I mean, God has good for you. He has good in store for you. And it may not seem like it right now. And it may be hard in the waiting right now, but he has good for you. And all that he asks of you is just to wait. God is patient with you. Be patient with God. God is patient with you. So be patient with other people too. And honestly, as Peter points out, it's really a good thing that God is patient with us because what he's doing is he's inviting us into life with him rather than just destroying all the evil on the earth, which he certainly could do if he chose. uh, He's choosing to wait. He's choosing to be patient. He's choosing to let love win our hearts and our minds and let grace save us rather than just simply abolishing all evil right here and right now. And that's an incredibly good thing because you remember, as Alexander Solzhenitsyn put it, the line separating good and evil cuts through every human heart. So thank God that he is patient with me. And thank God that he's patient with all of us, right? And so let's have some patience for him in turn. I was struck by this as I was, as I was reflecting on it. Uh, the temptation that Jesus faced in the wilderness. You remember that? after his baptism, he's led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he, he encounters the enemy. He encounters Satan and he's tempted. Uh, in three different particular areas I mean they're really all centering around power and around worship and around miracles and really the temptation for Jesus wasn't to do those things right I mean it wasn't for him to perform a miracle the temptation for Jesus wasn't to uh, become powerful the temptation for Jesus wasn't to receive worship because let's face it Jesus was do all those things and he had the capacity to do all of them didn't he That wasn't the temptation the temptation for jesus was to do something that was god's will for him but outside of god's timing and outside of god's way so the temptation for jesus in the desert was really to take matters into his own hands and to take timing into his own hands too jesus had to wait that was the central theme behind that because remember it's about patience it's about god forming love in us uh, Jesus, on one occasion, was talking with his disciples a couple years after that moment. Um, it was his last teaching, actually, before his death, uh, before he went out and, uh, and, and did something that no one was really expecting him to do, but that he knew that he was being prepared for. And he explained it like this, said that he was with his disciples. He went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while, you'll see me no more and then after a little while, you will see me. And because I'm going in the fire, that doesn't really make any sense. Is they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't get it. Like how long is a little while? Is that like five minutes? Is that five years? What's a little while? So we don't understand what he is saying. And then the scripture tells us that Jesus then, uh, it says that he answers their thoughts. He says, were you, uh, were you asking each other about what I meant by in a little while? And they say, yes, <laughs> yes, we were. What do you mean by in a little while? He says, in a little while. Right now you will grieve, but in a little while that grief will turn to joy. Right now you have a lot of questions, but in a little while your questions will be answered. Right now all you have is faith, but soon your faith Will be made sight uh, right now you have a lot of love and it seems like it's not being reciprocated but one day that love will be rewarded you have a lot of hopes and dreams that have not been fulfilled but in a little while they will be realized in ways that even you did not expect you're asking the question how long and what do i mean by a little while but my answer for you is soon my answer for you is in a little while trust me be patient with me i'm patient with you in a little while he says and so I'd like for you to consider that today. What are you waiting for? Maybe it's related to COVID. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's related to just 2020 in general, something that you've experienced this year. just different seasons and challenges you face. Maybe it's in your relationships, maybe with a friend or a family member, a spouse, a loved one. Um, what are you waiting for? Maybe you're waiting for like that next step in your career and your job. Maybe you're waiting for Um, that next step in school or sports. Maybe um, you're waiting for just that next season of life. Maybe you're like uh, what a lot of us were, like you just want to grow up, right? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And what I'd like to invite you into is just to inhabit this season of Advent with Jesus, to come into this time and to just wait and to ask yourself the question, like what am I waiting for? And then how can I wait with him in this posture that Jesus invites us into, um, you know, ask yourself those questions. What are your unrealized hopes? What are you waiting for Jesus to move in? What are you waiting for him to redeem and restore? And then let me just encourage you, because the temptation will always be for you to take matters into your own hands and for you to move on your own without God. Rather than what, what Jesus is inviting us into is just to be patient And do life with me. He said, come to me. Follow me. If you're weary, you're tired, you're worn out, you're anxious, you're busy, come to me. Come to me and do life with me. Rest with me. Walk with me. Walk. Don't run. Walk with me, he says. Be patient with me. He says, come to me and you will find rest. You will be restored. You will be renewed. You will be replenished. You will be refreshed with me. the invitation is to come to him. Let his grace save you. Let his truth change you. Just do it with Jesus. The temptation will be to take matters into your own hands. It will be to act in your timing, not God's timing, to do things your way, not God's way. And so I'd like to just remind us all that his kingdom, his will, his plans, his coming, his advent, it is always worth the wait. Because when you try to take matters into your own hands, um, it's all on you. But when you let God be the one responsible for bringing about the plans and when you let him take the timing into his timing and you let him do all the heavy lifting, you know who it's on? Well, it's on him and he's got a lot bigger shoulders than you do. His kingdom, his will, his advent, his coming, his restoration, his plans, his purposes, they are always worth the wait. And so in this season that we're entering into the season of Advent, I would just like to encourage you to wait to wait with patience, to wait with confidence in God. Confidence is a Latin word. It means with faith, to wait with confidence in God, to wait with an assurance that he will move in his time and in his way, to wait with an expectation that good truly is coming your way, to wait that it will really just be a little while, that it may seem today like it's a really long time away, but to know that um, it's okay, to grieve your losses right now. It's okay to ask those questions how long and to, to wonder and to wor- to, to just to ask those questions, but, but not to worry, to trust him, to be present in the moment and to seek his kingdom right here and right now where you are. And just know, he says, I think, to hold on to him and that it really will just be a little while. In the grand scheme of your life, a couple more months, even a couple more years, hopefully is just a very little while to you um, and then you will see him and then you will see him move and then really you look back over the course of your life and it really will all make sense Jesus closed out that section of his teaching like this he continued to his disciples he said I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace I've told you these things I've told you to wait for me I've told you to to just be patient with me I've told you that it will be just a little while so that you may have peace not anxiety uh, not worry, not fear, not doubt, peace. I will come back. I will bring the restoration. I will bring everything that you hoped and dreamed for. As Paul put it in Ephesians, like we just looked at a few weeks ago, he says, um, he is able to do immeasurably more than all you could even begin to ask or imagine. He says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, he says. I've overcome the world. So whatever it is that you're waiting on, whatever it is that's bothering you, whatever it is that, that you just, it feels like you just keep asking the how longs, how longs, how long, God. Just know that his answer is, is soon. Trust me. Don't wait to come to me. Don't wait to do life with me. Don't wait until some future moment when you've got everything figured out to have a relationship with me. Come to me right now. Today is the day of salvation. Come to me as you are where you are, because I want you right where you are. Not once you get everything figured out, not once you get all those money, come to me right now and trust that all those things you're worried about, it'll just be a little while, just a little while. I'd like to pray for you today, however you may find yourself, whether you've got a lot of worry or anxiety that's on your mind and your heart, whether you just feel like you're in a pretty big season of waiting, I'd like to pray for you today. And so I invite you to just open up your heart, your hands, your mind, um, and let's receive Um, receive God's spirit together father we thank you for your life with us we thank you for the season of waiting for the season of advent that in the midst of a fearful um, chaos fraught year a year of death and of pain and of hurt that your peace can come to us in this moment and that it may feel like we're waiting for you to move, and it may feel like we're waiting for you to solve these problems. It may feel like we're waiting for COVID to go away or for all sorts of different things in our lives, but help us to trust you that you will resolve those problems, you will resolve those situations in just a little while, in your way and in your timing. And help us in the moment to come to you, to live our lives with you, to not wait on that, but to trust you right here and right now to, to just be grateful for your patience with us, to be grateful that you're bringing us to a place of repentance. And so for all those who feel like they're just, they're hurting, who are um, anxious, and, uh, and maybe afraid, maybe very worried, Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your peace, that you the God of hope would fill them with all joy and peace as they trust in you, that they would be a people who overflow with peace by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in them. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your love, your patience, your goodness, and your kindness with us, towards us, and for us. And I pray that the the presence of God uh, would go with all of you today, wherever you might find yourselves and wherever you are. And that if today is the day where you need to come to Jesus, that you would receive that um, and be blessed in that moment and, uh, and reach out and let us know how we can help and serve you. Father, we thank you for your gift. We thank you for your grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, thanks for what you're continuing to do. Um, However you're following with us or tracking with us or joining us today, thank you. If there's anything that I can do to help you, to serve you, uh, maybe in your own particular Advents, your seasons of waiting, please do let me know, reach out, and I will do my best uh, to help you in that. couple things is just if you aren't connected with us, you're not subscribed to our email list, you're following us on social media, I do invite you to do that. Another good thing you can do is just subscribe to this YouTube channel. That's a pretty cool thing to do, and, and that way you can stay up to date with what we're, uh, what we're posting here. Um, if uh, you have been giving, I just want to thank you especially. It's been a hard year for so many folks, but your resources, your gifts stewarded to us have been a huge blessing and a huge help. Uh, not just for us as a a local church, but also for how we can share that with the community. So thanks for that. Uh, You can find all the links and everything that you need uh, in the post below this. So thanks for all that you're doing. If you do need anything at all, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. Please know that as we move into Advent, I'm praying for you. Um, There is good coming our way and that we may have to wait now, but really it'll just be a little while. And so in a little while, I'll catch you next time. Y'all have a great week, make a great day and I'll see you then.